This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 221 Inch. On this episode, we are joined by Julian Villard to speak about his new album and song featuring Weird Al, and are also joined by musicians Andrew Berg and Mike Huff from their upcoming Weird Al Ska Punk tribute album. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al it's a podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Welcome to episode 221 inch and a happy anniversary to us, Ethan. Happy anniversary to us too, Dave. You know, with our anniversary falling on Valentine's Day, we should probably elaborate so people understand what we are talking about. Uh, I don't think it's an issue. Everybody listening knows that today is the anniversary of you and I being on the set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story and filming our iconic scene in The Cobra Pit. Ah, yes. Who could forget that fateful day filming at the Virgil in Los Angeles where we met Erica Pell and Daniel Radcliffe and Michael McKeon and Newman. Oh, and that guy who looked like Willie Nelson. It's a bit surreal to think that that was only two years ago. It feels like we've been movie stars for much longer than that, Dave. Well, luckily we recorded six episodes with every excruciating and hilarious detail from that experience. So be sure to check out episodes 187 inch through 192 inch to relive hearing us relive the journey. And you may be asking yourself, how can we make this episode any more special? No, I know what's coming. Our intern Frank told me. No, not you. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, can I talk to our listeners too? You already are talking to them. Wow! Well, Dave, I think we should do a world premiere for a brand new song featuring Weird Al this episode. Wait, was that to our listeners? No, it was to you. So can we? Well, I believe intern Frank is still consulting our lawyers, but we shall see. But first, let's move on to what's happening in Weird Al related news. The Walmart exclusive steelbook release for Weird the Al Yankovic story has officially started arriving to those who pre-ordered. While Walmart's website listed them as arriving on February 15th, it appears the official release date was yesterday, February 13th. So let's talk about the packaging, Dave, now that you and I both have them in our hands. Okay, well, first off, obviously it's a metal or steel case with clear plastic trays inside of it and anyone who's looked at it online knows that the cover has that awesome shot of daniel up on stage as weird al and once you open it up the discs are the same as the 4k ultra hd blu-ray and blu-ray discs and the inner tray is clear with the image of daniel radcliffe jack lancaster spencer treat clark and tommy o'brien as weird al and his band celebrating putting the tape for my bologna in the mail and very fittingly the back cover of the case shows simply a cassette tape labeled My Bologna. The package also comes with a removable cardboard insert which shows the contents of each disc. Now this is the first Weird Al project on Steelbook, but it's not the first Weird Al appearance on Steelbook. Previously, Pop Star Never Stop Stopping, The Transformers, the movie, and The Naked Gun have each had Steelbook releases. However, for Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast, Completus, this is the first time that Ethan and myself have appeared in a Steelbook release. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hunger with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquare.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. The New Yorker crossword puzzle from Thursday, February 8th had one clue that should be pretty obvious to Weird Al fans. Question seven down with seven spaces was singer Yankovic with such parodies as Amish Paradise and Like a Surgeon. Wow, I don't know that one. I'm only familiar with the Yankovic original songs. Well, better luck next time, Dave. Like right now, pop quiz, 63 across, four spaces, sharp pull. You know what? I'm just really not that good at crossword puzzles. I don't think you'll yank any answers out of me. Nice work. What are you talking about? 
Later this month, Rudy Reboots is set to release the next in their series of ska punk compilation cover albums, this time honoring Weird Al. All right, Ethan, you know what? We're going to have more on that later, so let's just move on to the next item. Okay. Well, last week it was announced that Weird Al had recorded accordion and a cameo for Julian Villard's new album. You know what? We can skip that one, too. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. Well, well. how about we just get started with our first interview, then? That's what I've been trying to say. All right, Dave, take it away. Our first guest is an accomplished singer-songwriter whose Kickstarter for his newest album, In the Middle of Something, caught our eye because it has a very special guest on it. Please welcome to the podcast, Julian Villard. How is it going, Julian? I'm good. How you doing? Thanks for having me. We are so psyched to chat with you. Your new album is right now on Kickstarter, so people can help fund it and get some cool stuff in the process. But of course, we want to hear about this special guest who's on the album. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the special guest is John Flansburg from They Might Be Giants, uh, one of my favorite art. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. No, I'm not. Wrong podcast. Uh, no. Uh, Wait, is he really I, on uh, it, though, too? No, no, no. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. It's, there's so many people on this thing. No. I actually, well, I have a very, I have an interesting history with John. I, I know John very well. Um, but, uh no, the special guest, uh, which is still blowing my mind as even the words leaving my mouth, uh, are the fact that the one and only Mr. Weird Al Yankovic is on my new record. It is so cool. How awesome. <laughs> You've got to tell us how, how Weird Al got involved with this. Man, it is pretty random. Um, well, it's not that random, but if you would pose this question to me six months ago, or, or this reality, rather. I <laughs> just I, so I'm. It's a, it's a pretty straight line. So I worked on this whole album with a mixer and producer named Dave Way, and Dave is kind of a legend. Uh, you know, he's for sure had this pretty in, incredible career uh, over the last thirty years in Los Angeles. I mean, he famously mixed Michael Jackson's "Dangerous," but that wow. doesn't stop there because he kind of came out of the '80s working on you know, under Teddy Riley and working on all this different R&B music. And then as he moved into the, you know, 2000s, he, you know, mixed the big uh, Macy Gray record uh, and also the big, the first big pink record. And then he moved on to be kind of the mixer of choice for Fiona Apple, who he still has works with and has had a working relationship with for, I don't even know, almost 20 years. He, he mixed uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. And then, you know, he also worked on that movie Echo in the Canyon. Um, so, I mean, he has this, this crazy career, but he mixed and won a Grammy for mixing Mandatory Fun. And what's so wild cool. about his relationship <laughs> with Al is that it actually predates that because I think their wives are friends. So their oh, wives wow. were friends first for like a decade. <laughs> and I think his wife, Jamie, if I'm getting this right, again, I know this is like the Weird Al podcast, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think she may have introduced Al to his wife. I think. I've heard a different story on how they met, but okay. she then, very then well could be related in, in some way. I mean, you would know more than me. So that's the context and their neighbors and their friends. And so we had this one song on the record that is a really kind of off-the-wall duet that I wrote with uh, my wife, wrote for my wife, mm -hmm. uh, called We Should Have an Affair. And it's about uh, <laughs> sleeping with other people and bringing, bringing, bringing a third into our marriage. And... I'd written the song and I brought it to Dave and it has this whole kind of two beat energy, this real musical theater, old school vibe. And he was like, you know, I hear this thing in the middle. We could go to Paris and have this crazy accordion break. And I think I could get Al to come do it. And so as soon as he said that, I was like, well, if it's on you, man. If you can make that happen, I'm in. And sure enough, he, we made the, we made the track. He sent it over to Al, uh, Jay, Al's manager. And Al said, cool, I'll do it incredible <laughs> yeah. so i got lucky i mean i you know it's it still doesn't really make sense that that happened it's one of those it's it feels very la to me but it was super organic it was just that dave was like i'll ask him and he asked him and i said sure and that was that's the, that's the story <laughs> well we're really thankful i know we are backers of the kickstarter so we will get to hear it early anyway but we did get a little preview of the song and it's pretty stinking majestic. I mean, that is awesome. And not only do we get some Al 
accordion, but we get a little vocal cameo, which is a really nice treat. And I was so surprised when I heard it. Yeah, you know, it's. I was worried because I, I feel like it's coming off. I don't want it to come off. I mean, I do want it to come off as a collaboration, but he was being so gracious and so classy and professional about everything. It's kind of like a cameo. You know, he just sort of, it's like a walk-on in the middle of the song. <laughs> right. Where there's this whole breakdown, then he just says one line, he disappears. And I think it's because of the nature of the of the recording, it's not going to be a feature or anything. He's going to be in the track listings, obviously. But for anyone who's listening to it, which I think kind of adds to the, the, the kind of the wow factor of it. You just listen to the record and it's out of nowhere. It's legitimately Weird Al on the record. It makes no sense. So people, people, it's just, I, I think it actually, like at first I was, I was a little bummed because I obviously wanted to use his name and have him be a part of it. But then as the situation evolved, I, I started thinking, you know, this might even be better that it's even more bizarre and strange that he, it's, a, and it's really supposed to be a dream sequence where we're in Paris and there's an accordion player who comes up and starts staring at us to maybe like get into a threesome and it turns out it's weird now. You know, it's the... As I'm sure happens quite a bit. Uh... Clearly, clearly. I mean, listen, it's, this is a, this is 2024. Anything can happen. <laughs> So being that, you know, you're working with Dave Way and everyone in, involved is in L.A., did you get to meet Al? I did. No, we did the session together. So I was in the we, we did the whole thing and we sat down. He was super cool, super charming, very professional, came in, had learned the music, was ready to go, um, wow, had some cool. great lines. You know, he was playing and, you know, he's a, he's a very good accordion player. But, you know, he was there's a couple tricky bits in there. It was th that that section was actually written by the string arranger because it's a whole string break in the song, and he was stumbling over one note, and then he just goes, "Listen, I said I was the most the world's. What do you say? Oh, how does he say it? He goes, I I said I was the most famous accordion player in the world. I never said I was the best. Accordion <laughs> just kind of on, on cue, no prompting. I was like, all right, that's that's pretty 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 awesome. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, but no, he was he was such a I was very taken by the fact that, you know, people come in for sessions like that, especially if it's not their thing. And and I mean, we're talking about people who don't even have the level of iconography that Al does in our culture. And they come in and when they get there, they're like, what are we doing? But he, he literally came in, and said, heard the song. Thank you for the chart. Here we go. And just came straight in and ripped it off. And I was, wow. was kind of it was really flattering. And I, I it was really awesome that he had that level of professionalism even though i'm you know I, i'm pretty sure he doesn't even really know who i am he he's really was doing it as because of his connection to dave right. even though weirdly i have a couple friends who um i'm close with uh and i think you guys know him my buddy mike duquette yeah who is um was you know oh yeah put out a bunch of did i think what, what's is it called uh squeeze box is that the name of the the box set that he put out for al or jukebox yeah. what's yeah, it called yeah squeeze box the, Squeeze, yeah, box, squeeze box and, and, and Mike supervised that whole thing for Sony Legacy and he's a great music writer and I also have another friend uh, Lex Friedman who's also a huge Al guy and he used to run Stitcher and they had a whole situation of putting out the bootlegs from Al's shows there so I know a lot of people who are in the Al universe but yeah two, you know, two friends of ours that's that's really cool oh you know Lex okay great I mean Lex I went to yes. camp they've both been on the podcast Okay, well then I feel like I'm in great company. Um, no, Lex is a Lex. I've known since I was 12 years old. We went to Whoa. Together. Holy crap! So that's pretty wild. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, small world. So I mean, you know, he's a very close friend, and as for as long as I can remember, he's been obsessed with Weird Al. That's the funniest part is that he was obsessed with Weird Al at age 12. Um, so he's you know you could when he found out he was. He was excited, a little jealous, but also excited that yeah. this was happening. Um, but but Al was there because of his relationship with Dave, and they got this. You know, Dave also mixed weird. He mixed the whole all the songs for the movie. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, you know, but but he came in and he treated the session like I was important. If that makes sense, you know, it was very respectful, very cool, and I have to say that was like a you know as someone who is been around this business and done a lot of stuff for i mean two decades something like that does not go unnoticed i was like all right he's a legend and he's behaving like a legend this is great you know <laughs> oh that's so great contrary to what the, the movie would have you believe <laughs> he was not behaving like daniel Radcliffe. now mike duquette has an involvement in the album as well that's right so i've used mike i mean he's been a like a 
He started as a fan, but then became a really close friend. And we've been friends for a while. And I've used him for the last three records or so, just doing various copy stuff, copy editing, because my physical releases tend to be a little bit involved. Case in point, my last record before this, which kind of got stymied by the pandemic, was a live show too. And it was a kind of a really a two, two-man musical I wrote with uh, a comedian named Joe Schiappa. But it was an, uh, the album was a album for a musical that never existed. <laughs> and the the name of the album is called Please Don't Make Me Play Piano Man, official, official Queen's cast recording. So the whole thing when you backed it on Kickstarter was that we were like the producers and we were trying to raise money for our Broadway show to go to Broadway. And the whole show is about me playing piano bars and how I'm not Billy Joel. That's the whole concept of the show. It's about what it means. to, And it's all built around the song that I wrote called Please Don't Make Me Play Piano Man that essentially is what it it's all about what it means to be playing Piano Man when you're not Billy Joel and and how the song is essentially an existential prison and when you play the song, you become the guy in the song. Um, anyway, but we, we, it's totally bonkers. But the, the, the kind of, I think, maybe my favorite thing about that record is we made a fake playbill for the physical. So when you got it, it was called a Queen's Bill and it was like a small version of a playbill. And Mike did all the copy. Oh, so cool. it's all okay. written in this weird oh, wow. hyperbolic seventies language of of some weird because when you go through the old playbills in the seventies, there are all these weird essays about the, the show you're about to see that make no sense. And Mike totally just nails it. You know, he goes in and just it's like the, I don't know who's looking at this stuff. I, I I'm sure I have fans who do, but it's so anybody who's <laughs> seen gotten this piece of physical and read it and they're just like, what is up? That thing is so crazy. We did fake ads. It was and 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 backers on Kickstarter could literally buy positions in the playbill, so you could oh be prop master. Oh my gosh, master, that's great! Prop prop master for eighty bucks, or like costume designer, or ch- or child wrangler. Like it was it was so absurd. And Mike basically put the whole thing together with me. That's incredible. That's so cool. Looking at your Kickstarter, it seems like you have some interesting things. Maybe not a playbill, but the CD is actually a dvd case or can you help explain that for me yeah i mean i well so this whole thing a lot of the inspiration for this stuff is kind of what i would consider you know from the canonically from the the great uh jewish leading men uh primarily elliot gould and um albert brooks and um essentially i'm trying to make the cd look like it's a part of the criterion collection <laughs> So when you get it, it's like this weird, lost, late 70s, early 80s Albert Brooks film that you never saw. And, 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 which Mike will be, Mike's going to write a whole fake essay for it. I don't oh, know if you I get Criterion it. stuff. You know, so it's oh, going to have amazing. element. It's not going to be as involved as the musical, but it's still going to have this whole thing. Because, you know, who's getting CDs or any physical right now, especially with Kickstarter? Really, it's just about, at least for someone at my level where I consider myself a, a real boutique artist, the, the people who gravitate towards my music, it's it's it, I want the physical to be a real representation of the music and to, and, and to show that they care. So this is like a limited edition thing. Like I'm only going to make like 300 of them or something. Mm-hmm. So and they'll only basically be primarily sold in the Kickstarter. So it's uh, I don't know. It's just and I like doing it. It's fun. I mean, it's 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 the, the Kickstarter basically justifies it monetarily. So I might as well make a cool design and feel like you're buying something that's not just the dumb CD that it charges you too much money for. Yeah, there's some other great items on your Kickstarters. You know, you can get the B-sides and demos. You can get uh, vinyl. You can get handwritten lyrics. And you get your name in the credits. And even a private Zoom concert. So it's certainly worth checking out the Kickstarter. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about the album itself? What is it about? Yeah, you know, this album is, I mean, it's called In the Middle of Something. It's essentially what I'm going through as a 44-year-old dude with two kids. Um, and I... I've sort of flirted with this with a couple records. I mean, the record before my Piano Man album was called Fancy Words for Failure, and that's sort of uh, dealing with similar themes. I've, I've basically been iterating on this idea, but I feel like I've finally gotten to the stage where, you know what, I am officially in the middle of my life, so I feel pretty confident writing the kinds of songs that um, would populate that space. I'm not, you know, for years I've been pushing into this idea of, I don't just want to write love songs. You know, I want to write songs that are about things. And obviously I think musical theater is the space and also comedy music, you know, mm-hmm. like Al is a great example of that. And I think more recent, more recently someone like Bo Burnham, where you can write these original tunes that kind of can come at uh, songs from a different angle. They don't all have to be about these sort of, I love you, you love me, or I love you and you don't love me, you know, 
which I know are containers for much larger ideas. But, you know, there's a song on the new album called I Don't Know, and it's literally a list of all the questions that my daughter asks me every day. <laughs> the, first, the first line is, um, Dad, have you ever been in jail? Which is uh, essentially a real question that she asked me once that I was like, what? And then, you know, another song on the record is called uh, Money, I'm in Love With You. And it's essentially a setup about how I have this abusive, toxic relationship with a woman called Money and how I'll sell my wife and my kids and all this stuff. And it's, it's you know, I tried really hard to kind of come at all these songs from different angles that were, that felt appropriate for my age so that when you, were to see me live or hear this music, you would say, I, I know the person who's singing this stuff. It feels real to me. It's not just a fabrication. Because um, I feel like that's the only way that I can keep doing this after, you know, the 20 some odd years that I've been writing songs that, you know, it has to be, it has to resonate. It has to be true. I can't keep pretending that I'm somebody I'm not, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really what this is. I feel like the whole record top to bottom is just a bunch of songs about fatherhood and marriage and uh, middling success and you know all the fun things that life uh life i guess is about at my age yeah there's there's a really fun sound on the album and there's sort of tongue-in-cheekness that i i really appreciate and especially you know when we're talking about this song we should have an affair you were talking about your last album was a soundtrack i feel like we should have an affair that could be an entire broadway musical <laughs> well i i appreciate that my wife um went to Boston Conservatory and performed professionally for basically since she was 10. Um, and she was in the national tour, Miss Saigon. So my love of musical theater is literal because I am married to a performer who is, you know, now gone on to gotten a master's degree and is a speech pathologist professionally, but she's still a killer performer. So when we were conceiving of this thing, you know, I, I always knew, I well, actually it didn't even start as a duet. It started as sort of just like a, this would be a ridiculous thing to sing. And then as it evolved into a duet, you know, I had thought about reaching out to Rachel Bloom to sing it because I have a relationship with Rachel and all oh, this would be a perfect fit. And then the more Dave and I talked about it, we were like, you know, man, you have your this has to be your wife. It's even funnier if it's your wife. <laughs> and and he's, to he's totally right. So really, it was just that sort of oompa, oompa, oompa energy, which obviously lent itself really well to accordion. But it wasn't until we got into the 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 studio to start doing it that all the kind of separate grooves came out which really brings it into this full technicolor musical land it, it, it was living more in this kind of 1930s energy and then it then we that's when we started introducing the rock beat and the disco beat and, and and the whole kind of middle section which sounds like a billy joel song it was it just kind of happened that way and and we I always figured that song was sort of a showpiece anyway, so we might as well just go for broke and make it as ridiculous as possible. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of stuff I like, is as ridiculous as possible, and it, it works so well. It's, you know, and I, I'm a big fan of that too. I think that's something that, like, I mean, I obviously you can probably tell that kind of my three, my holy trinity of guys or, or, or artists around this record are Randy Newman, Harry Nielsen, and Stephen Sondheim. Those are probably my, they're up there if they're not at the very, very tippy top. Or Sondheim is probably my my number one, and and I think you know Al. I actually think he is sort of part of that lineage in a different way, you know. He but he's definitely coming at it more from a commentary standpoint. But you know he, uh, that's sort of why I think I've always felt a kinship with the kind of funny songs because I think Randy Newman writes very funny songs, but they function as regular songs. They're not necessarily humorous songs, and I think I lean more in that 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 side of things, but I've always felt a real connection to be just to having funny lyrics or having lyrics that feel like they, they really work as comedy. Um, and obviously Al is, you know, I mean, he's, he's the dude. I mean, <laughs> the only, the only other person that I can think of, I, I, when I first saw the, the, the Bo Burnham special, I mean, I've been a fan of his for years, but when I saw inside, I think I literally had a month or two where I was basically just going to quit. I was just like, this is it. Like, this is the ultimate achievement to me of <laughs> of everything, of everything I ever could want to say with music. I'm like, I'm done. And it took me, I had to kind of crawl out of that cave. It really, it, it, it probably had to do something with a global pandemic too, but um, maybe, I, yeah, maybe a little bit, but I, I, I have a lot of respect for that style of writing. And I, I do love that, how, you know, it empowers you to make these really technicolor music and you can kind of just go for broke with, you know, which I think in, in pop music, you always sort of have to have this layer of coolness or detachment or sort of edifice. Whereas I think there's something about the comedic approach that just enables you to kind of go for broke and 
do things that are over the top or do things that, you know, say what they, they do on the tin. I think everyone who is listening to us right now is thinking, how the heck can I hear this album and this song that Weird Al performs on? When are people going to get to actually hear it? Well, I've got to finally get Al's lawyer to sign off. Um, and I think he's going to probably, he said 2026 is the earliest we can slate it for release. Got so, it. No, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no, that's not, that joke did, the, the level of silence was like, oh, they're taking me seriously now, I need to stop, um, no, they were, they're lovely, they're good to go, um, I, the, if I'm running the Kickstarter, which will end March 10th, but anybody who comes in, basically, I'm going to deliver the album at the end of the period of the Kickstarter for the people who back the album, but if you don't, if you're just, you don't want to back and you just want to wait to hear it on platforms, it's probably going to be on Spotify in the fall. So if you want to hear it right away, the best move is obviously join the Kickstarter, help contribute. You'll get my eternal gratitude uh, for paying an over-inflated price for my product. But you will get to hear it <laughs> immediately, basically, in the next few weeks. I love the song so much that I don't think if I was listening to this right now, I would be able to wait until the fall. So I, I highly recommend people check it out. Check out the Kickstarter. It's bit.ly slash middle of something. That'll get you right to the Kickstarter. And this will probably be the only way for people to get the physical CD and vinyl copies of the album. Yeah, either that or you got to, you know, come to a show. But I'm, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So <laughs> if you're remotely interested, do yourself a favor, make a digital order and be done with it. <laughs> and I'm also excited because as part of the backer experience you and dave way are going to be talking through each track on the album so i'm actually really looking forward to all of that but especially the one where you're talking about we should have an affair yeah i you know i actually i've got all that recorded and i'm slowly editing it so i now that you guys got me excited i might i'm supposed to edit one tonight i'm like maybe i'll edit that one since we just <laughs> maybe I'll, you know i've got us yammering about each song um and I'm sort of bit by bit dropping these little behind the scene interviews that I did with Dave, which he was so gracious to take the time to do. Um, and I'm also doing some live streaming as well. I mean, I found I in the past I would do a lot more for the backers, like, and I just feel like less is more. Not like it just you know people are so all over the place. I'm like, let me just communicate with them once a week. And here's the thing, and you know, and obviously there people will get what they pledge for. And I, I just I, I'm starting to try and run the Kickstarter campaign that I want to be a part of, AKA don't send me 8 million emails, please. Just like I gave you money and I don't want to hear an update every day about everything. You know, it's just like, Oh God, here's the money, go away. Or here's, and so I try to keep it interesting and keep it content based. So that's always a struggle. And Julian, you have a live performance coming up at the end of this week on Friday. Would you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know who here is in Los Angeles, who's listening to this, but I will be playing this Friday, uh, February 16th at the Lyric Hyperion. And essentially it's this kind of one man show that I'm developing in tandem with the album, which is a lot of the material from the album, but draws upon some of my past songs. And it's really just, it's essentially the, me bantering through the record. And uh, it, it all takes place as if you came to a, um, a <gasps> piano bar, which is basically <laughs> where I play. That's how I make a living when I'm not doing it. So the I, people are gonna walk in the first thing they're asked is to request a song from a list of songs they get. And it's like the 50 worst songs that you don't want to request, you know, which is my life, which is just <laughs> living on a prayer, brown eyed girl, don't stop believing total clips of the heart. Like, you know, all the worst songs ever. And then I basically hijack the gig and do my own stuff. That's essentially the gag. Um, but it's, it's super fun. And I'll do that at the Lyric Hyperion on Friday, February 16th. And then I'll do a CD. I'm going to do an album release in Boston and New York. And then hopefully you know, I haven't done it since before the pandemic, but I was I had a record deal in London in a different life. And so I spent a lot of time over there and and I hopefully will go overseas and do some stuff in London and Holland on this next tour. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's a little trickier now that I live on the West Coast. I was when I was living in New York, it was a much easier uh trip. But um but yeah, I'm I'm the album it will start kind of I think the first single will come out sometime in March, probably after the Kickstarter closes. And then I'll start basically drip feeding stuff out, you know, with making little music videos for each one. And uh, and yeah, and we'll see, you know, how I'm able to kind of put together the um, the whole packaging around it. I mean, but to be honest, the Kickstarter is kind of the most fun part about it. It's it's the mo it's the part when you get to people care the most because there's a built in drama. Will you make the, the money you need? Newsflash, I've already made the money. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> 
but but I did set it lower than I actually need to keep to for artificial drama. So yes, I still need money. Please give me money. <laughs> give me all the money. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I've gotten there is a stretch goal where if we get to uh, a, a certain number, I'm going to repress um, vinyl of this. Um, it's the 10 year anniversary of one of my albums, which is called uh, uh, "If You Don't Like It, You Can Leave." It's a New York City concept record that people love and have been wanting on vinyl for forever. So, in the off chance that you even know who I am and you care about my music you might be excited by that reality. So if I get to this, so there's still some <laughs> drama built in to the Kickstarter, but it's, um, it's kind of the most fun because it's when people care the most. It's the, it's when you get the most direct outpouring from people who like your music. Otherwise it's just, it's just all content now, you know, it's just like all things that come at you from all angles. And so I never blame anybody when I send them the record and they're like, I haven't listened yet. I mean, that's why I'm so psyched you guys listen. I'm kind of like, here you go. I know it's your job, but maybe you'll know, you know, who knows how, how people listen these days. So, <laughs> which sort of makes it more meaningful when people say they did listen, you know, in a weird way. Cause it's like, oh, wow, you chose to do this. It wasn't just like shoved down your throats. <laughs> you know, yeah. you sought this out, which is what's so cool about the Kickstarter. You get to really see how people, the, the passion really comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Julian, this has been so much fun. Thank you for telling us about the album and working with Al. And we cannot wait for In the Middle of Something to come out. And we cannot wait for... We literally cannot wait, which is why we have backed the Kickstarter. And we I know, forward. you guys You guys, listen up, all you Al fans out there. These are, the, these are one and two, all right? And I don't say that. Like, these guys don't play around. They literally bought every physical expression of this so that they can be completists <laughs> that's right so this and this is especially directed to mike duquette and lex friedman but also all the other al fans you are second to ethan and dave okay i shouldn't say that lex is gonna call me literally as soon as he hears this podcast like bro why why what's up do we need to go over this now no i mean i just know it gets competitive with with the, with the i mean i can't the, the al guys don't play around so no i'm very grateful that and i'm i it's cool to like you know be whatever part of his continuing thing like it's like it's like a nice fun thing to see that i i, I they were very jay and him especially jay were in, were incredible they were incredibly guarded about the way i used his name and i was like oh why are they making such a big deal out of it and as soon as i posted that thing i was like oh now i see why you know it's just like <laughs> he has this incredibly rabid loyal fan base which is so exciting to like just to see firsthand because no one gives a shit about me which is <laughs> totally fine i'm okay with that i'm I, i'm a dad now it's fine i'm okay i'm dead inside no um but now all the al fans will get to experience your music which is really wonderful that's that is wonderful they're gonna be like this isn't that funny no they're gonna they're gonna love it um uh, i and i and i'm i'm excited to, to it's it's super cool and i'm flattered that you guys reached out to have me on the show Absolutely. Uh, Julian, we can find you on Instagram at Julian Villard. We can find your website, julianvillard.com. And we can also head over directly to the Kickstarter, bit.ly slash middle of something will get us right there. We have until March 10th, 2024. So we're going to head over and maybe I'm going to back it twice. I'll, I'll do it from a burner no, email. No, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Julian's new album, In the Middle of Something, is so good. You do not want to wait until later this year to hear it. The only way to hear the track with Weird Al on it and the album in its entirety before the official release is to support Julian's Kickstarter over at bit.ly slash middle of something. Or, you know. Or, you know what? We could world premiere the song! I'm not sure. Is that even legal? Sure! Why not? It's probably legal, I guess. How about we just play part of it so that the RIAA doesn't get too mad at us? Uh, good idea. So without further ado, please enjoy this world premiere clip of Julian Villard's We Should Have an Affair featuring Weird Al Yankovic. We should have an affair. Throw our pants in the air. Tie someone to a chair. Sure. We, we should, should have an affair. Wow, this place is amazing. Oh my gosh, Julian, where are we? Rachel, I, I think we're in Paris. Paris? I've always wanted to go to Paris. 
This bread is so good. Oh, it's so fresh. What, what do they call this? Oh my, that clip is so much fun, but the full song is even better. Be sure to support Julian's Kickstarter over at bit.ly slash middle of something, and make sure you follow him over on his Instagram over at Julian Villard. That's J-U-L-I-A-N-V-E-L-A-R-D. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota... Uh, beautiful. It's also worldwide. You know how for years we've been telling people after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz? Yeah, of course. We literally say it every episode. Well, why do we say to visit the website after you visit the town? Isn't that kind of backwards? Ahem. Canadian Podcast Broadcast Corporation Tourism Division Regulations. Ah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, both you and I visited Darwin, Minnesota, but you know what? I don't think I've ever actually attempted to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Have you? No. Do you think we should? I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of letters. I don't feel like typing all that out. Yeah, that's a good point. But what if we got intern Frank to do it? Do you think he even knows how to spell discover or Darwin or biz? Or dot, for that matter. Anyway, get this. I just learned that if you visit discoverdarwin.biz, you actually need to put the www and the dot in front of it first, or it won't work. Whoa. I know, right? That's four extra keystrokes. Even if I was thinking of attempting to visit discoverdarwin.biz, there is no way I'm doing it now. Too much effort. Wait, so if people are supposed to type www.first, why doesn't it say so in the ad copy we read every week? Oh, it does. It's right here under the mustard stain. See? Huh. How about that? I wonder what else we're missing under all these mustard stains. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next web expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit www.discoverdarwin.biz. Our next guests follow in the mighty weird footsteps of Prosthetic Lips, 26 and a half, me, myself, and I, your mother, Jonah Ray, and Metal Al. David and I are very excited to welcome to the podcast. We've got two guys who are working on a brand new tribute album to Weird Al called Rudy Reboots, Weird, a ska punk tribute to Al Yankovic. Please welcome to the podcast, Mike Huff and Berg. How's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. So you guys have to tell us about this album that you're working on. It's coming out at the end of the month. Where did you get the idea to cover Weird Al songs in a ska slash punk fashion? Um, we didn't, actually. <laughs> we we put a poll out, like, we, we put a, a post on Facebook and asked, like, who people wanted to hear us cover. We had just done, I think, for the Day by Me Giants one at that time, and we put up a couple options, and uh, Weird Al just took it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> And we just we just jump on board whenever we can. We're like really happy to be a part of this. <laughs> so I understand you guys are each in your own bands in the sort of Philly esque area. You want to tell us about the bands? Yeah, um, you go first, I, Mike. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we're we're an arcade rock band uh, called Bees, like all caps with an exclamation point, <laughs> like you're in a horror, uh, like you're in a horror movie running away from giant bees. Um, we make like, uh, alternative rock music, punk music with like chiptune influence. Uh, so we have like some very heavy retro SNES video game influence in our music. Um, and then we make video games on top of it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. And the what nows are one of our favorite bands too. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm lead singer and, uh, electric ukulele player of the what nows. (laughs) That's incredible. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we're a ska punk band, and basically, I just kind of wanted to get our band out there a bit more. So I, I started this project during COVID times to try to like network a bit with bands and find people with common interests and in, in musicians and start just putting out covers because 
it was COVID and we couldn't go play anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Berg, you started Rudy Reboots over the pandemic and I know you mentioned a couple, but what, what are some of the artists you've covered? So basically during the pandemic, I was listening to a Ben Folds podcast and I was like, you know, I really want to cover Ben Folds. I love Ben Folds. I like, I love his music. Um, so that's actually how I started it. I was like looking for Ben Folds Scott covers and there wasn't <laughs> any recorded. So I was like, well, I, I'll do it myself. And I got other people involved and went into the, the forums of Scott online and just kind of got a bunch of people together. And it's anybody from touring musicians to a, a kid with a Game Boy, like from Australia. It's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so yeah, we started with Ben Folds and then I was like, what else like inspired me early on? And we did Bare Naked Ladies. That was the first cassette tape that I bought was Maroon. And then after that, it was the They Might Be Giants one. It's incredible. I think the thing for us is we wanted to find that like Venn diagram of we because we could do pop music any any time like and, and do somebody really, really like popular like a Michael Jackson or something like that. But like everybody already does that. You can find a million covers of that. I wanted to find weird niche like 90s influence at the same time as like ska and that's kind of what we went with but then we did a theatrics which was broadway musicals and then we did gorillas and now (laughs) this is the last one that we're doing so it's it's a bunch of nerd bands for the most part (laughs) incredible (laughs) we yeah we we definitely hopped on with they might be giants that was like yeah we're in and then it was like crap not a ska band what do we do but you know we pulled it off (laughs) (laughs) well i love that choice of artists that you guys covered because that's pretty much like when you talk to a weird al fan these are all you know bands in the genre of broadway that come up quite often when talking to weird al fans i mean they might be giants bare naked ladies ben falls this is just like the Weird Al is the next perfect step for you to cover. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what songs we can expect on the new Weird tribute album. Well, Mike, what song did you cover? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back in, in 2020, like kind of the same idea that Berg had, I was sitting at my computer frustrated and trying to make sense of everything and did, did a cover of Dare to be Stupid. It wasn't a ska cover, but, you know, I I played all the instruments. I, like, put it all together. It is, it's always been one of my favorite Weird Al songs, you know? So when the opportunity came up, I was like, Berg, we need to do Dare to be Stupid. Uh, And so we put it together. Um, Our our synth player, our chiptune SNES player, you know, who also plays Game Boy sometimes, um, he, he's, we went to ska, or we went to jazz school together. So I was like a bass player. He's a sax player, and he wrote all the horn parts and got some people to record them for us. And so we, we made it happen, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that you should expect to hear on this is we we wanted the rule that we did one parody. Oh, okay. So no, none of the songs are parodies. Uh, we did allow pastiches, which obviously there's there to be stupid. One of them. We also went with the pastiche. We went with uh, everything you know is wrong. Perfect. Great tune. <laughs> Which, I mean, it just lends itself to being a ska song. Right. Uh, you you won't hear horoscope because that is Weird Al's ska song. Right. That, that would be too on the nose, right? <laughs> <laughs> we did have someone signed up, but kind of the way with musicians in general, it's like herding cats dealing with musicians a lot of times. Because <laughs> uh, us and, and schedules are bad. Like our... our my my band's album was actually supposed to come out five months ago, but we were recording yes, uh, yesterday uh, some trumpet <laughs> while uh, the the Swifter Bowl was on. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's uh, ten total uh, songs on it, um, and they're all originals. Uh, biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are, are picking some good songs. Uh, and we just let people do it. Like we just kind of go, hey, first come, first serve. Hit me up in my dms and tell me which which song you want to do they're really awesome about being flexible and kind of letting you do like okay our band would do you know well on this especially us not as a ska band you know i don't know they've been really (laughs) cool about letting us do our thing you know and we we have had quite a few artists that don't do ska music just do ska music like yeah the guy (laughs) 
guy Alex with with his his Game Boy, he's not typically making ska music, and a lot of people aren't. But that's the thing is, I I I took a lot of inspiration from. Have have any of you guys watched uh, the AV Undercovers? No, I don't, I don't know from, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. Basically, it was like an AV club thing, and they'd they'd bring a bunch of musicians in, and there'd be a list of songs that they had to cover. Like they might be Giants have done it, Ben Folds have done it. Oh, uh, okay. People. I didn't know what it was called, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Guar doing Kansas. That's yeah. the one that always <laughs> like, sticks. That always sticks out to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Or, or like Jeff Rosenstock, who's very well beloved in the the Scott community. Um, <laughs> so that was a big inspiration. Was the idea of like. Even if you're not a big, because we have people that like aren't the biggest Weird Al fans making Weird Al covers just because it's like, this is a fun project. Like I just did Annie on on Broadway, which is not something I'm typically listening to. And now I'm doing Weird Al. So like, it's kind of like a, <laughs> an art for art's sake like, right. challenge almost. Are you guys Weird Al fans? It sounds like it. Absolutely. I would say. Yeah. I would say I'm definitely a Weird Al fan, but I'm I'm more of a casual Weird Al fan. There's definitely <laughs> like like I I don't watch UHF every year. Uh, <laughs> what? But, <laughs> I, I don't. I, sorry. <laughs> no, I, there's there's place but, uh, for all all shapes and sizes of Weird Al fans, but it's it's great that you guys are both Weird Al fans and you're putting together this really cool project. And I really hope people will check out Rudy Reboots. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook, and you can also just head right to rudyreboots.bandcamp.com, and that's where, uh, once this comes out, people can download it, but they can also check out the They Might Be Giants one, the theatrical ones, the Gorillas, Bare Naked Ladies, and Ben Folds. They're so much fun to listen to. I uh, cannot wait to get to hear an entire album of Weird Al ska punk covers. Me either. I'm I'm really excited to hear everybody else's. This is awesome. Lama Tsunami was great on the last one we did. Like I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, they're doing uh, Nature Trail of Hell. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I've actually heard all of them, so I don't have to wait for anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I'm I'm the guy that collects all all of the cats. You're the guy who has to do the work though too. So we appreciate you, man. Thank you for that. No, that's also my guitarist. I'm, I'm, I just oh. I just get the files and send them to my guitarist oh. to, to that's upload awesome. them for me so that I can uh, change the names of the files. I deal with more of like the getting the copyrights and 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 that end of it. Right. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the album cover for Weird a Scott Punk tribute to Al Yankovic. Our buddy uh, Andrew, he has been doing the art for all of our albums and he came up with the logo for Rudy reboots for for us uh he also hasn't charged for for his graphic design and <laughs> i thank him much for that because <laughs> i'm a broke musician <laughs> so i'm already paying for for t-shirts for my actual band and stuff and, and yeah we haven't really made merch for this project just because there wasn't really the backing or interest in it but because this is actually our our final Rudy reboots. We are ending the project. Oh wow! This. Uh, oh yeah, wow! So this is actually going to be the final one. We did have more planned, but it just kind of—it just seems like it was time to maybe put it down. But with this one coming out, maybe like we'll put it out on the leap year, and maybe next leap year we'll think about it. <laughs> but it definitely, it—it's definitely because I mean we—we've been on every single one, so we're recording like three covers a year and our own album at the same time. So it's just been a lot of time to also do. Yeah. Um, Weird Al's a great one to wrap it up with, though. I don't know. I feel like it's a, like a culmination, you know, of the project, like Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could end on a higher note. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so I talked to Andrew and I, I was like, hey, uh, this is what I'm thinking for, for the album art. And basically we just decided to parody our own logo. <laughs> and just uh, Love it. have him dressed up as Weird Al <laughs> perfect Mike Berg thank you guys so much for joining us uh, we'll definitely be checking out the <laughs> Weird Al tribute album Rudy Reboots Weird a Ska Punk tribute to Al Yankovic over at rudyreboots.bandcamp.com and we can't wait to hear all of these awesome covers thank you so much for joining us thanks for having us guys thanks for having us Thank you, Mike and Berg. We are so excited to hear the album when it's expected to drop later this month. 
Be sure to keep an eye on rudyreboots.bandcamp.com and check out their other tribute albums while you are there as well. You know, Dave, we already did a world premiere of one of Julian's songs. Oh, I know where this one's going. What if we did a world premiere of one of the tracks from the upcoming Rudy Reboots Weird, a ska-punk tribute to Al Yankovic? Surely two songs in one episode must be illegal. Why would we want to dare to be stupid? Put down that chainsaw and listen to me. It's time for us to join in the fight. It's time to let your babies grow up to be cowboys. It's time to let the bedbugs bite. You better put all your eggs in one basket. You better count your chickens before they hatch. You better sell some wine before it's time. You better find yourself an itch to scratch. You better squeeze all the Charmin you can while Mr. Whipple's not around. Stick your head in the microwave and get yourself a tan. And that was the world premiere of Dare to be Stupid from the upcoming Rudy Reboots Weird, a ska-punk tribute to Al Yankovic by Mike Huff's band, Bees! Absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to hear Berg's band, The What Nows, cover everything you know is wrong and all the other tracks. I'll be skanking the night away. Yeah, Dave, I know that's technically the word for dancing to ska music and all, but... Please do me a favor and never, ever use that term again. Anyway, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Wizard Burger, our very own Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our very own close personal friend-level Patreon supporters, Ajax, Gus and Alicia, Adriana, Jake, UH Jeff, Kenneth, Allison, Dana B, Casey, Scotto, Javier, Kev, Ron, Matt, Zeb, Zach, Blair. Also, thanks to our newest Patreon supporters, Brian and Matt, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy skanking to our Weird Al podcast, as heard in the commentary track on the brand new Weird Al Yankovic Story Steelbook, please consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every single bonus episode, as well as the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. Once you join, you'll be the first and only ones to see the very special videos from my private SF Sketchfest vault coming really soon. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community over at group.2000inch.com and visit our skanking Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump the Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website as well as information about past episodes and guests over at www.2000inch.com or www.weirdalpod.com. Podcast.com. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, X, Threads, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, it means you're automatically our Valentines. Plus, we love it when we receive voicemail of our official patent pending 27 hour day podcast hotline 347 spatula. As seen in the Illustrated Al, the songs of Weird Al Yankovic. That number is 347 772 8852. Give it a call or a text, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Or if you're really quick, this episode. Thank you once again to our guests, Julian Villard, Mike Huff, and Andrew Berg for joining us this episode. Thank you to the amazing Dana B., Mike Duquette, Spencer Parks, Claire Walsh, The What Nows, and Bees! 
thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our skanking podcast theme song, and thank you to the 17-time Grammy-nominated Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everybody, and I mean everybody else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to kill and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. Okay, well, another successful episode in the bag. It looks like we should... Whoa! Cutting it a bit close, calling the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, this late in the episode, huh, Dave? I'll say. All right, well, let's do it. Why not? All right, intern Frank, let's hear it. Hey, guys, it is your Weird Al pal, Spencer, here from the podcast The Dictionary. So it sounds like I need to settle a little bit of a dispute here. We're talking about the word chromanacker. Yeah, so um, I did actually record this for my podcast. It was in the dictionary, in fact. But, you know, I cut it out from the episode that it was supposed to be in because it just, it was a little little off, a little weird. Um, so yeah, uh, here here's the clip. I, I pulled it out of the archives just for you. The next word is chromanacker, noun from 2024. Wow, this is a new one, and my book isn't even from 2024. My book is like 2014. How'd that get in here? Okay, well, the etymology says that this is from the Greek word chroma, which means color, and then also the word knacker, uh, K-N-A-C-K-E-R, which dates back to 1812 and is one who slaughters old or sick horses? What? Okay. Okay. Well, it's it's kind of connected to you know a word that we sometimes use, knackered, with an ed, um, and that just means you know really tired. So uh, so what are the definitions for this one? This that etymology is is weird. Okay. Number one, one who murders colors. One who murders colors. I this this is a this is an odd word. Okay. Uh, number two, one who dies dead horses one who dies like the okay well that's d d y e s like tie dies one who t- putting color on dead horses tie are we tie dying horses is that what the tie putting color on tie well that that's kind of wait but they're dead okay so i don't i don't like that one i don't like tie dyed dead horses i'm sure they look very pretty though All right, number three, this is the last definition. This is, wow, okay, uh, this is a musical instrument that Dave Elvis Rossi says he has started to learn to play, but Ethan Allman says it doesn't exist, and uh, they even needed yours truly, Spencer James Parks, from the podcast The Dictionary, to prove to them that they are, in fact, both right and wrong at the same time. It's like a Schrodinger's definition, Uh, but a side note... Using the word Schrodinger as an eponym like this uh, is problematic because he, he, uh, he, he did bad things, and this is a family show. Uh, so if you want to learn more about that, go check out episode 169 entitled The Box from the podcast The Allusionist with an A. Uh, so if you want to learn more about that. Wow, that was a really long definition. So I guess uh, my my best guess on this musical instrument uh, is that as you play it, it creates and forms uh, lots of really cool colors in the air, like maybe that thing that Fry played in Futurama, if you ever saw that episode, Um, and and then maybe horses who are nearby just fall down dead. Um, that's that's not good. I, I don't like this instrument. I think it needs a warning label, like no horses or centaurs allowed in the vicinity within 2,000 inches. I think that would help. Uh, who's buying this instrument? Dave Elvis Rossi is buying this instrument, I guess. Dave, I hope you don't live on a stable. Uh, also, we have a little bit more. Chromanackard is an adjective... Uh, which I assume just means someone who has either killed a lot of colors all day or, or tie-dyed a lot of dead horses, uh, and they're just really pooped from a hard day's work. So that's chromanackered. comes from chromanacker. Well, 
Okay, I hope that uh, clip cleared cleared everything up for you guys. Uh, can't wait until the next episode. Uh, oh, and I think I need to check out the fake Sully G and the real Sully G's YouTube channel because um, that instrument and the, the sounds sound really awesome, and I love it. Okay, talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I told you, Ethan. I told you Kramanacker was a real word. And I told you I didn't hear it on Spencer's podcast, so we are both right. Anyway, how's the instrument working out for you? Learned any new songs yet? Eh, not really. I got bored with it after like 11 seconds. Eh, it's too bad. I was really hoping the next Weird Al tribute album could be performed entirely on the Kramanacker. Okay, that's it. I am back in. Put me down for Albuquerque. Don't you think you should start with something a little easier? Hey now, who's the Kramanacker virtuoso here? That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 221-inch. Skank you. Skank you very much. I said I was the most famous accordion player in the world. I never said I was the best accordion player in the world.